Absolutely love my 30 minutes with Caroline Lansbury, who's Chief People Officer at Stanton House. If you want to understand best practice, experience-led leadership in the world of recruitment, Stanton House embodies it for me. And I absolutely loved hearing Caroline's obsession, her focus, the, the people strategy, what they've learned. Uh, really, really inspirational. Massive welcome to the TRM podcast to Caroline Lansbury, Chief People Officer at Stanton House. Good morning, Caroline. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Thank you for having me, Gordon. Good. Fantastic. I probably haven't confessed this to you previously, but um, Stanton House, uh, I'm one of my top two favourite recruiters in the United Kingdom. I won't say who the... Of course. <laughs> I, won't say, I won't say who the second one is because uh, that gives me free licence to say it might be you or it might be you. Anybody um, else, exactly. But the reason that the reason for that is when I first met Nick Eves many years ago, um, it is the utter obsession with the experience uh, of the Stanton House that just really uh, connected with me um, based on something I'm very passionate about and got a lot of experience in. So I love that. Um, just for those people who uh, might not know you, uh, just the, the, the 60 second overview of your career that's taking you to this place. Yeah, okay, 60 seconds is a challenge, but about 20 years in the recruitment sector. Um, started off as most people do, trainee consultant working for a part of my page group. I then worked my way through, um, managed large teams, all in accountancy and finance initially, and then um, moved to a large global um, built environment recruiter, CDI, um, and as Elite. So I worked for them as a regional manager for a number of years. Uh, took a career break. When I came back into the industry, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, didn't know if I really could manage my time around children and so forth. So really did what I had um, a lovely privilege at that point in time to do and just pop something out on LinkedIn, that brilliant tool that we all love to say, hi, this is my skill set. I'm passionate about people. I'm really passionate about learning any takers and luckily a few of the people that I used to work with got in contact said we'd really love to have a conversation with you and it went from there so I am I've got lots of experience in leadership development and coaching so learning and development for me was such a natural comfortable place to be and I kicked off my own consultancy I guess seven or eight years ago now I'm working with lots of recruiters um, and then joined Santa House on a permanent basis nearly three years to the day so three years ago to the day so that's my journey to CPO. And what a uh, what a fascinating three years! It, it's been busy, I know, right? What a time to join! Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. let's navigate a pandemic and you know a crisis in the world, um, yeah. politically and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been busy. Really interesting. So, 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 one of the things I learned early doors about any world class uh, customer ex- obsessive business is you need to get the people a bit right in the first place. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, we have been through an, an extraordinary three-year period. And, and, and I was—I use the word unprecedented, unprecedented again this morning when I was talking about uh, cost of living, salary increases and price rises. So we're yet again faced with something that I certainly haven't faced, uh, that level of uh, impact on people's cost of living. So there's, it has been a fascinating three-year window since you joined. Um, but this concept that anyone that's going to nail it with the customers has got to nail it internally first, otherwise it's never going to happen. What, what's um, And it sort of has ch- things have changed over the last few years. When it comes to the employee experience um, yeah. that you 
you see as best practice and you implement across Stanton House. What, what, what has changed and what's kind of at the heart of it these days that, that might be different from a few years ago? Yeah, okay. And actually loads. Um, so I think the number one thing really is that any company that considers that the SLT know everything that there is to know about an organization is going to be left behind. So there is um, a lot more focus on asking every single person in the business for their feedback, for their ideas. Um, You know, it really is. Don't be so rigid. Keep your operating rhythm that works for your organization that makes sure that you deliver to your customer, of course. But then work out a way where your employees can work in your business when it works for them as well. And, you know, we've all read um, all the stuff around the great resignation and all of that sort of um, shift in mindset from an employee's perspective. The employee experience is the most important thing now, over and above absolutely everything. Because if you get that right, Mm -hmm. your employees will look after your customers. And I know Branson said that years and years ago, but how right was he? Um, So our focus really is on, on working with all of our guys internally to ensure that they're happy because happy employees really do deliver an exceptional customer experience. So it does, I'm glad that you mentioned that straight up because it all absolutely starts with people internally. And the, and the support that Stanton House has had and the focus that Stanton House has had as an organization since its inception in relation to people development is one of the key reasons that I joined the organization. So yeah, that, that's the, the short version, I guess. Yeah. And how much, um, because obviously in your role strategically, how many people have you got globally now? Yeah, about 80. 80. So you've got 80 people globally um, and obviously different different regions. So so part of what you're doing in your job, I guess, is is sort of shaping and implementing people people led strategies. But to what extent is the um, is it about the the line managers who who their ability to coach and get under the skin of people and and really understand where these individuals want to go? Um, yeah, I mean, it is imperative that any organisation that believes that it is people focused creates a coaching culture. Um, it's not easy to do. It's really hard work. It's um, it's a slow burn. It's it's the, the you know the longest um, form of leadership development I think that you could do with an organisation, but it pays off in dividends because if you can help people to be themselves, to show up in a way where they don't have to edit themselves, where they can speak about the things that maybe are impacting their work and when work impacts life and so forth. You know, the two meet and coexist on a day-to-day basis. So in order to in order to develop that environment, you have to have a coaching culture. And that takes technical upskilling and, and commitment, actually, from every single person. Mm. Um, and not just from leaders. It, it, we try to support everyone to understand how to have great conversations and to connect with our colleagues to be able to do that yeah i remember the first first executive coaching gig i ever got many years ago the guy said he was a ceo he said if you tell anybody that i'm being coached i will you will never work in this sector again because it was almost it was almost (laughs) an embarrassment back in the day um but it but it is fascinating i i love the um the it's a uh, it's a manager book by gallup a couple of years ago which Mm. just talked about coaching being Utterly, yep. utter, utterly critical, and, and um, I'm not convinced there's enough investment in in helping our managers be amazing coaches. No, I'd completely agree. And, and a lot of the work that I did prior to joining Stanton House was working with different recruitment organisations, um, supporting their leadership teams to develop their capabilities, um, but really focusing on on coaching actually. Um, 
And the businesses that get it right are the ones that are consistent in that belief and that mindset and that approach. The ones that get it wrong, throw some money at it and then find out it's quite difficult. And maybe some people, you know, it takes longer to get them there and so forth. And they fall by the wayside a bit. And it's their people that will suffer and ultimately then their customers. So it's something that we feel um, very passionately about. And what's your, what's your, I mean, it, um, I was on a call yesterday with a, with a member of TRN who's saying um, business is a great place, but I'm struggling to find people. In terms of the employer brand, I mean, obviously, uh, some of the flexible working arrangements we've got now might have been seen as innovative three years ago, but they're not. They're just past the course now. Um, so, yeah, completely old hat. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we've got members in the four-day week. We've got unlimited holidays. We've got eliminating individual bonuses, uh, commission schemes to go team. Um, what do you sort of feel with your with your view uh, and your experience that, that, that would really make an employer, a recruiter as an employer stand out um, in the market? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's any one thing, actually. So it's touching on all of those things that you've just talked about there. So where you can create that environment of high trust with your people, I think is, you know, that psychological safety, the high trust. Um, we, we give you the skill set to do an incredible job and then you work out how you do it within the constructs of your life. Absolutely. That that's, you know, goes without saying now almost. And, you know, it's a big element of um the, you know the book rules no rules so Reed Hastings it's been like groundbreaking book of sort of 2020 2021 2021 wasn't it um so yes that but over and above that actually really thinking about well-being um so covering all elements of people's mental health they have just gone through the most turbulent three years that you could possibly conceive of so we've invested very heavily in um, supporting people across our organization to be able to support others with their mental health so we've got 16 mental health champions across the organization and first aider we also um that's, that's people- near, nearly one in four, that's nearly one in four isn't it yeah, it's, okay. it is. Yeah. And we will continue to do that. So as we continue to grow, we will continue to keep those ratios and ensure that that is um, that's a priority in, in the business. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Every, anybody can experience anything at mm. any point in time. And you have to have somebody that is close to you that you trust to to. Um, to speak to, to be able to obey your soul to actually. And just because, you know, I head up a people team, it doesn't mean that we're always those people we'd like to be, but there are other people that will have better connections, better relationships, higher trust potentially than we will. So we recognize that and, and invest in that heavily to ensure that that lives in our business for sure. Um, we've created all sorts of things. We've um, in- created an empathy series, which is um, something I think that probably anybody in our company would talk about, we're really proud of. Um, came off the back of our FD asking for some support with one of her um, one of her colleagues that was going through the menopause and struggling a bit at work to see how we could help the business to demonstrate greater empathy. We got talking, obviously, as you do, big whiteboard scenario, pens and so forth, and big mind maps. And we realized that there were 10, 15 different topics that actually the business would benefit from having greater awareness around, maybe some theoretical um, knowledge uh, in support, but also understanding that people in our organization are going through these things day to day. And those layers of experiences that those people have impact how they can come to work, but also demonstrate the massive resilience of the people in our business. So we've really helped people to connect. We're we're really pushing that sort of psychological safety in the environment that we operate in and hopefully helping people not to, as I said earlier, not to edit themselves and to bring them their full selves to work so that they bring their best. 
And, and, but I love that. So the empathy series is is equipping people's knowledge and understanding of what empathy is all about. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, crudely. So we, we talk about we take a subject on a monthly basis. We give some um, a theoretical backdrop, almost in yeah. a, a facilitated session. It's a voluntary session for everybody in the company. We started off, I guess, with about 60, 70% attendance. We now pretty much have 100% attendance because people are finding it so valuable. Individuals in the organization share their personal stories, um, which obviously brings it to life. That's then, that's that connection. That's where you can see how it's impacting somebody and helps you to understand as an individual what you can do to support them better and what you might want to think about, um, you know, from my perspective, specifically about how we develop them, how hard we push them, how we share feedback with them, um, and so forth. So, you know, high care, high challenge, we absolutely operate with, high care, with that mentality, that sort of Kim Scott radical candor mentality. But it's it's got to be people centric. It can't just be focused on on the business. So, mm. the um, I was listening for about the fifteenth time to Brenny Brown's vulnerability TED. Yeah, talk, she's amazing, right? Uh, which is a, which is a great great one to walk walk with the dog with every day. Um, but um, but what you sounds like you're creating is this is this very very human organisation. Yeah, and and you know we probably talk about ourselves as being human centric or people centric. Um, yeah. And, but, you know, how do you, I think lots of companies could say that, but what do you really do that makes you a people-focused organisation? What are the things you've got in place? What are your data points? What's your evidence that you can look to? Mm. Um, and it comes up, we've just done an engagement survey for the first time facilitated by an external provider. We really wanted to find out how people are feeling um, and and actually have somebody else provide the framework around that that isn't ridiculously labour intensive from a people team perspective. So we've we've um, we've invested in that, which has been an incredible thing to do. And time and time again, some of the things that came through from that survey were empathy series, you know, the round tables that we have to have these discussions, mental health support um, and so forth. So, yeah, it's it's huge. Mm. Any other particular reasons why people come and work for Stanton House? Love, love, love that. And, and, and I've never seen that ratio of effectively, uh, I don't know what you call them, mental mental, mental health champions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that ratio is, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. What, what, what are some of the other compelling reasons why people join Stanton House? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're one of the um, organisations in the top 10% of performance in the UK. Um, We have individuals both in the UK, the US and parts of Singapore and and Hong Kong who are outbilling their competition by a ridiculous amount. So, you know, we've got people in the UK that are easily going to hit the million pound mark. We've got people Mm -hmm. in the US um, who have had um, $500,000 quarters in Q1. So we are set up for high performance. Um, but actually, the it, the tenets of it sit within the customer experience. So yes, it's brilliant that everybody is you know doing well and that we're um, riding in a great market as well. So let's, yeah. let's be really clear about that. I mean, yeah. we're not we're not making any pretenses that the market isn't helping us with this. But we're supplying a better service or providing a better service to our customers, and that's coming out in our results, which is obviously something we're really proud of. Yeah, no, love it. Um, I want to move on to uh, something I know you've got massive experience in. Um, a couple of years ago, I was asked to speak at a conference uh, with recruitment business leaders, and I was asked to talk about, I think it was three things of the most successful recruitment businesses. So you sit sit with your, your cup of coffee and you reflect a little bit. Anyway, one of them I came up with was a, a genuine learning culture, which yeah. I know has been an obsession, as you said, since day one with Stanton House. Yeah. With, all, with all your experience, what, what, 
what are the key things that underpin the creator that enable a learning culture? Yeah, I mean, I have to go back to that coaching capability, again, that we've already spoken about, so I won't dwell on that too much, but that that has to live in the business. You've got to have a, a certain capability and appetite in the organisation to, to challenge people to come up with the ideas and the solutions themselves. So responsibility, accountability can't sit with the SRT, it can't sit with the board, it has to sit with the individuals and then they we can then help them to strive to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So the coaching culture sits front and centre. But equally around that, you've got to have the right programmes for the right people at the levels in their career. So we're really challenging ourselves with our induction programme to reduce what we class as speed to excellence um, from you know the, the sort of average that we had last year to reduce that as a target, which of course helps individuals to feel better about themselves and mm. and to want to learn, to have a greater appetite to learn um, in the roles that they have. We talk a lot about contextual literacy in our organisation, and that basically means how much how interested are you mm. in the. Um, disciplines or markets within which you operate how much do you read outside of that what do you listen to what can you take to your customers that maybe other people can't take but really again that sits in that learning culture so really thinking about it it doesn't sit with the learning development team or a people team it sits with every single individual and there's an expectation on on people very early on in our business to be able to talk very coherently about their market to take something to a customer that maybe they didn't know about because we're so embedded within that um, discipline or that vertical market. So, so it's so many layers for me. It's the reading, it's the multimedia way that you support people with um, the learning that they do. It's upskilling your leaders to ensure that they're challenging, providing high challenge, high care. It's ensuring that you're verifying the quality of what people do. So not just accepting that you provided the training, right. then how does that translate to the job that people were doing for your business and what feedback are people getting all the time and so you know I guess maybe I could summarize feedback 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 is is a short answer to that um and making sure that it's in time that it's constructive um and that it's as importantly positive as much as it is developmental so catch people doing the great things well they'll repeat that process again yeah the, and are you there for that curiosity that you're talking about as in a sort of hunger for learning or, or an interest in life and the world and yeah. the market and everything? Is that something that you look out for when uh, when hiring people? Yeah, certainly. I, and people can demonstrate that in all sorts of different ways through an interview process. But we, we certainly look out for people that have um, a general interest in business or are actually in something. You know, be an expert in something, whether it's you were an expert in sport at school or whether you were an expert in, I don't know, astronomy, whatever your thing is have a passion for something because yeah. as soon as you know that somebody has the ability to develop a passion for, for something or a number of things, they then have demonstrated that they can do that in an area and then they can translate that into your organization and hopefully within the um, the disciplines or teams in which they're going to be operating. And how, how do you how do you sort of measure it? Obviously you've got regions, uh, you've got various regions around the world, but how are you measuring that the culture and the impact of the investment is is paying off? Yeah, well, I guess obviously we measure the standard metrics that any recruitment business would measure. So what, what are your ratios? What are your, you know, we've actually just, um, literally this morning, so timing's good. Um, we've just had a, a company um, conversation this morning where we've talked about the strides that we've made in relation to the fill rate that we have on perm and the fill rate that we have on interim and so forth. So, so 
we know that we are getting into the um, right conversations with the right people and introducing the right people to those organizations because our key metrics are demonstrating that to us. So, so there's a very tangible ROI on having done lots of the right things. I do think contextual literacy is one of them, not every single thing. So it's again, going back to, you know, you look at that matrix, you want ticks in all the boxes of, of all the things that people can be doing. Yeah, no, fascinating. Um, no, it's really the, the other uh, disconnect I, I see quite a lot of is the disconnect between the strategy and therefore what we need to be brilliant at and therefore what we're training people in or yeah. how, how we're helping their development. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so that alignment of let's let's get better at this because that's going to yeah. take us to this place is, re- is really interesting. And I guess because you're uh, obsessive about feedback at the um, at Stanton House, you're getting a lot of feedback from clients and candidates that are saying maybe you're brilliant to this, but maybe this could be even better. Yeah, I mean, we actively seek it out. So we yeah. have an MPS and CSAT score, obviously, that we track. We ask for feedback after every interaction almost with customers from a, um, a job and placement perspective, whether we filled the job, lost the job, mm-hmm. whatever. So we track that um, very closely. Yeah, no, love it. Um, one final area I just love to touch on um, is around um, DNI. Mm-hmm. Or EDNI, or there's various yeah. other acronyms that people use, but um, the uh, again, I you know I worked client side years ago as an HRD, so I was um, I'm just really interested as uh, as experts in talent talent, which is what we should be as, as, as recruitment agencies in terms of the value, not only doing the right thing, but the value that we can add to our client base in terms of help shape them, educate them, give them data to use to develop yeah. their own. Um, DNI strategies. Um, where, where is Stanton House on the journey, and what do you do? Uh, um, what's worked? What could you share with us around that? Yeah. Okay. And um, of course, we're hugely passionate about this area. Um, I very deliberately, when I was recruiting for a learning and development partner, looked for somebody who had really great experience and passion around DNI. So that's the first thing um, last June um, I recruited into an additional role in, in my team and, and very deliberately went out to find somebody that had some expertise in that area because we were really light on it. Mm. We felt something very passionate about it but didn't really know how to put that into action. So Esther's joined us um, within the last 12 months and she's made a, a significant difference in how we think about um mm. EDNI or DNI, whatever, let's use any of them. Um, so we've um, implemented a, a whole host of things, actually. So not only have we got an expert in-house now, but we also have a pathway program. So we've um, introduced that this year, and we're looking at people, students in their final year who um, are from minest- minest- uh, sorry, minority ethnic backgrounds um, and who ha- are underrepresented, especially in the recruitment sector. So we've run a program, um, a complementary po- program for a number of those students in our organisation to introduce them to the recruitment sector to support them with how they might go about interviewing interview skills and techniques writing cvs and so forth um, we've had three interviews um, directly in our business as a result of that already and the program's not um, come to its conclusion so we're getting some you know great results from that we want to do it even bigger and better next year so we think that we can attract and support even more people in that um, 
in that field. Um, some of the other things, we're obviously considering exactly where we advertise. We've been talking to Scope about coming in and, and doing an audit on all of our recruitment processes. Clear Channel do similar stuff. Um, and, and thinking about how inclusive our advertising is. What's the language like that we use in the organisation? We have an organisation called the Centre for Inclusive Leadership who are going to come and talk to us about using the right language around inclusivity. And that's for the whole of our business. So there are lots of practical things that we're doing, but I don't think it's ever a job done. Everything changes all of the time and it will never be finished. So like mental health and the focus that we've got there, we will continue to have a really, really stringent focus on DNI. Um, we got to headcount capacity in the US and as soon as we reach that point, um, they're outperforming all of their um, KPIs and so forth. So the triggers to hire have been achieved very early on in the year. But we all agreed, actually, we weren't representing the market within which we operate in Chicago. So we said, no more hires unless they they absolutely speak to our commitment to this. Mm. And we followed through with that. So we were really getting a balance in that market. Now we've got about 30% diversity in Chicago. We're working towards 48% to represent the market there. So, so we're doing loads of practical things, but it's mm. never going to be done is how I feel about it. And we, we can never do enough. Yeah, totally agree. And how do you get the, because um, obviously some people care about this more than others, how, from a buy-in point of view, uh, how, how do you get the buy-in into the Stanton House DNI journey? Um, okay, I mean, I, I accept in principle that some people care about it more than others. Um, I, I genuinely believe in our business that that's not the case. It is on the agenda. We have a strategic goal around it. We think about it and talk about it all the time. Um, so whilst I accept that not, that might be the case for some organisations, it isn't for Stanton House. We are always talking about it and always thinking about how we can do it better. We're always asking for feedback from our employees around it as well. Love it. Love it. Um, Caroline, it's been fascinating. I've got three very quick fire questions for you. <gasps> Go on. Question number one, what is the single most, uh, the best thing about Stanton House as a, as a place to work? Oh, people. It's got to be. Amazing the, people. Culture is incredible. Amazing people. Love it. One organisation beyond recruitment that you look at and uh, admire? Vertical aerospace. No, Flying taxis. Who okay. Knew? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check them out. And finally, one leadership book that we should all definitely read or uh, at some time. Well, uh, I can't. I can't give you one. There are way too many. I'll give you a quick list. Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Rules No Rules by Reed Hastings. Anything by Brené Brown. Um, anything pretty much by Matt Syed. Um, and some of the old stuff is brilliant as well. Don't ever throw that stuff in the bin. Habits of highly effective people begin with the end of mind. All of that good stuff. It all counts. The reason I asked for one is because my book reading list is getting big. I now, can't. I can't give you one. Thank you. Um, listen, absolutely love that. Uh, I love what your business is about. Uh, and uh, thank you for sharing some insights and thoughts. It's been really good. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Gordon.